Amen. It's coming, Lord God. Coming down to the time, Lord, when you're coming. Look at your neighbor and say, he is coming again. He is coming again. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Amen. I'm excited about this Sunday night. I know we call it revival, but for us it is. It's just a, uh, a service with uh, Brother Woods. We are having Sunday school. Don't think that we're not. Sunday school's at 1030. Uh, Brother Woods will be preaching the 1115 and the 6 o'clock service uh, as well. So that's that's what will be going on Sunday. So um, our you need to pray. Our, our peanut brittle, one of our old horses has broke down. I think we're going to have to shoot it. It's it's bit the dust. Brother, Brother Ivan just showed me the electrical components there for the electric stove and man they are burnt they just burn up they just burn up we we we've tried to fix them we've tried to do and and they still still pumped out was a 413 so uh, so that's awesome awesome uh, we're almost uh, just a little dab of uh, of uh, tomorrow night probably just uh, well actually tomorrow night lord willing should be if the other stuff uh, lord willing should be uh, uh, done with the uh, optimist order so it's, half of that's been shipped out. So uh, we're thankful for that. All right. How do I want to say it? Kids Quest. Kids Quest. I, uh, I've got some pies back there in the freezer, so uh, don't let me forget that. Oh, uh, yeah, Thursday night, Brother Woods is preaching at... Uh, of uh, uh, was it Turning Point or no? It's a uh, Freedom Freedom Point, yeah, Freedom Point. Uh, and then uh, Friday night I'm emceeing the service, and uh, uh, the brother I've never met the brother that's preaching here for Friday night. Friday night emceeing the service there. Uh, so yes, so be out there uh, with uh, brother Luke Medlin and the church out there. So. Amen. Grab your Bibles tonight. We're going to get into the Word of the Lord. You are welcome to attend. Yes, you are. It's whatever you want to do. I don't. I don't try to promote too much like that. Amen. I tell you this though. Probably most preachers agree. I'd rather preach than MC. Yeah, uh, five thirty. No, it's. I think it's seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock Friday night. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, you know me. I just, I just say things just to be saying. Uh, yeah, it's seven o'clock Friday night. <clears throat> I was going to teach on, uh, talk about uh, Halloween and why we don't support it and why we don't participate. Um, but I think we should know. Number one, number two is, to me. That's probably something that just ought to be automatic. Uh, it sh- should be something that you should inquire about, and uh, it's not hard to find and figure out. Uh, it's probably one of the most evil times of the year, uh, just one of the few, uh, but it's one of the uh, e- most evil dark times of the year, and so that's why... Uh, and I know a lot of churches do a lot of different thing and trunk or treat and all that there, and and uh, just never felt like that was uh, something that was uh, I felt appropriate. Uh, we can dress up as a, as Bible characters, but 
It has nothing to do with Halloween. You dress up as Bible characters anyway, our kids and stuff for plays and skits. So uh, it shouldn't just be attributed for that time of the year because uh, it's just trying to hold on to something that's just not there. And it's just not there. It's just not a good thing, not any really good thing about it. I heard on the news this week, I want to share with you before I get into the word. I heard on the news this week, uh, there was some people complaining. And the first thought I had was probably Christians, probably Christians, complaining that schools were, were barring and banning Halloween parties and, and uh, parades and things like that. But the reason why they were doing it had nothing to do with because it was evil. Uh, it was because it made other kids uncomfortable. Uh, and so the, the, the woke side of things has entered into those areas to where my costume's better than your costume, and I look more authentic than you look, and, and those kind of things. Uh, that's my pumpkin, the way it's carved. Anyway, all that goofy stuff. So everybody wants to take home a trophy. Nobody wants to lose nowadays. All right. Matthew chapter 16. Get me on my soapbox on that stuff. I've taught my boys, I've taught my kids, you've got to be a, a good loser. can't be a sore loser. You've got to be a good loser. There's nothing wrong with losing. It builds character. It shows you that you don't always get what you want. You don't always go your way. Those are good things. and It's not something to try to, try to you know, just pacify or milk over. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> Familiar. <clears throat> Excuse me, passive scripture here. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Imagine that. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will, if it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Somebody say clouds. He said, oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Wicked, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign given be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and he left them and departed. Uh, it's amazing. He just said what he said, cut it short, and left. Going back up to verse 4 where he said, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. I want to use that uh, as my thought tonight. Amen. Discerning the sign. Say it to your neighbor. Discerning the signs. Amen. Last week we talked about signs and You can be seated. Talked about signs and seasons. But this week here, I think it's important that the church, because one of the things, one of the things I'm hearing in the Christian ranks and, uh, you know, reporting and all the things that's going on is uh, Christians seem to be very, very upset and worrisome about the events of what's happening. And it's causing a lot of folks to be fearful, to be quite frank. Uh, how many trust your God, the God you serve, no matter what? I mean, 
Listen to me. I don't. I mean, if a bomb drops in Muncie, Indiana, what's it going? What's it going to do to you? If if, if we're infiltrated some way and, and and it's going to affect where we live, let me say it that way. Uh, how's it? Because everything's good as long as it's in your backyard or somebody else's neighborhood. But we know by the word of God, things have to happen for the end time to take place. Now, there are signs. There are seasons. We talked about last week. There are signs uh, that the Lord said. But notice, and I brought this out last week, it's part of humanity. It's part of our human nature to want to know about, for lack of better words, end time. Uh, prophecies, end time, signs. But notice what Jesus, when he was addressed, uh, notice what he says about this. Because here's something, and, and, and it should strike us all how the Lord can relate. Uh, when it comes to the weather, look at your neighbor and say the weather. I'm not talking about just Indiana weather. The weather in general. It's the object of uh, universal conversations. You know, when you're somewhere, and I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, when I'm somewhere and I don't know who I'm talking to or, you know, how you doing? You know, you're standing in line. How's it going? Or, uh, what do you think about this weather? You know, somehow weather always comes up. What do you think about the blue skies? What do you think about this cold weather? You know, in Indiana, it's a big thing because our weather changes six times a day. But it's, 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 it's a part of our conversation. How's the weather? Amen. Looks like it might rain. Beautiful blue skies today, wasn't it? We had a nice day, I believe. Tonight's day was, today was a great day. And let me stop for a second because uh, when you see Grandpa Purdue get on him, you know how he can do anything. You know, he's 87 years old. He can do anything and nothing gets him down. Well, he's helped me put fence on my back property back there and uh, transfer the fence that we put the poles up for before. Well, guess what? I think I wore him out because he's not here tonight. And when he left my house uh, today around noon, he was wiped. And so uh, he try, I said, I said you just tried to over, you're overdoing it. You're trying too much. So make sure, make sure you let him know that it, 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 there is some things that, that catches up with you. But there are, when it comes to weather, when it comes to the events, there are certain, uh, let me say, certain signs that we can observe in the sky. We can, we can see for ourselves. And Jesus points this out to them. There are certain things that you just know uh, by the signs of the sky, by the signs uh, around you, by the weather. He said, you just know that. A red sky in the evening meant that fair weather was going to be tomorrow. Uh, a red sky with clouds in the evening meant that rain was going to be tomorrow. Uh, still, uh, it's kind of uh, simple today the same way. We can look sometimes. Now, I don't know about Indiana as much as anywhere else, but sometimes we can look up and we can see, oh, it looks like it's, you know, rain's trying to blow in. We, we can look at the weather and we can see some signs. Now, I'm not talking about looking at the weather and looking at the skies, you know, in, in the idea of astrology. Uh, I, I'm talking about looking at the sky with signs of knowing. And that's what Jesus immediately took them to. When they asked him, said, we want to know about a sign about the, the end. We want to know what kind of sign. And, and really, they weren't talking about the end time sign. They were talking about him. They were, they were, they were challenging him. 
Show us a sign that you're really the Messiah. You're really the true one. You're the one sent because that's really what it was about. And so, you know, I want you to think about this because a person's discernment of nature is limited to really our five senses. How we discern some things determines our, is determined by our senses, our sight, smell, taste, you know, what we see and what we hear. Now, think about that because Jesus questions the, 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 the question about the weather, and he pointed out they could predict tomorrow's good weather, but really what, he was, what was he saying? Because every time the Lord does something, he does it for a reason. And I say this, I know some of you believe it and some of you don't. Sometimes I think Jesus, when he, when he, when he talked to folks, he was kind of tongue-in-cheek. I think he would say things to throw it out there just to see what kind of response he'd get. Because he knew their heart. He knew the things that they were after. Look at it. Because they asked him. And he says, listen, you understand. He said, I want you to know something. You can predict the weather. You can use your natural ability and your senses to predict the weather. But they could not seem to see the good news of the kingdom of God standing right in front of them. Amen. The, the good news that come to Israel, the house of Israel, was right there with them. They couldn't discern that. Now let me stop right there. And I don't, mean, I don't say this to be mean. But we in the church, especially if you're a Holy Ghost field, you ought to be able to discern in a service if the Lord, where the Lord's at and what the Lord's doing. Not, a, not to the extent where, you know, you're trying to dictate how the Lord's going to move. I'm talking about we ought to know God's doing something in one of these folks. God's doing something. And, and I want us to understand that. Because no matter what position, no matter what situation that we all come together in, there's all kinds of issues from A to Z in this room. All kinds of. We all going through different things, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, just issues, uh, things on our mind, troubles, uh, just fighting depression, all, all these things. No matter what our, our situation is, when we come together, guess what? God's here for a reason. And if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, sometimes it ain't for me. I might feel like that, you know, but the Lord's doing something in the service. And, and we've got to learn how to, to discern what God is doing and what God's trying to do, not by our senses. It's easy to look at something. It's easy to listen to something. It's easy to use our senses to understand our taste and our smell. Something, something smells fishy. Uh, something smells burnt. Oh, it's peanut brew. No, that's the stove on fire. No, it's not by our natural ability. We have those. That's, that's, that's okay. He wasn't getting on to them about, you know, their natural abilities. He says, listen, you can discern the things by looking at the sky, but you don't even know what's going on around you right now. I don't know about you. That, that was a, really, if, if you look at what Jesus said, that was kind of tough. But, but we're dealing with Sadducees and Pharisees. And I'm one of those, they deserve it. 
Why? Why do they deserve? Why, Brother Purdue, are you saying that about some? I'm telling you why. Because they're all, all their purposes, when they would question the Lord or they would confront Jesus, they was always trying to team up and to tempt him. They wanted him, oh, come on. It's a sad state of affairs when we try to tempt each other or try to cause somebody to mess up. Wait for them to mess up. I don't know about you, but as a parent, I didn't sit around my house waiting for one of my kids to mess up. It just was going to happen anyway. I didn't have to lurk in the sidelines and, well, Matt's getting, I just know. Now, I did go park in front of somebody's house one time where he stayed all night and observed to make sure. He didn't believe me. And the next day on the way to church, I said, yeah, I seen you got your sister's house. Oh, you didn't. go. I'll tell you what, there's an RC can right across the street where I parked. I drank an RC. I'll drive you by and show you. Took by there. Yep, there it is. You checking on me? Listen, the parent's job doesn't say anything in the book that I, that I have to trust you. You're a kid. You're young. The, the job is making you think I trust you. No, listen, that, that's just the way it is. They were always trying to tempt Jesus and trying to catch him in things and, and trying to get at him. And, 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 and when you think about it, how could they ask for a, a good sign from heaven when they would not believe the good works of God all around them? Because the Lord just got through feeding thousands of people, got through doing a great miracle, and they still have the nerve to question. We need a sign. This church don't need a sign. We've had revivals. We've had great service. We've had all kinds. What we need is discernment to know what thus saith the Lord and what the Lord's trying to do. Come on, their wheat and the tares grow up together. But there do, does come a point when they get separated. Happens. That's just part of it. We know that by nature. I mean, I watch the farmers. Man, they're just, they're bringing in the sheaves. I mean, literally. They're bringing them in. And so when you look at what Jesus, why did he use, he said, listen, you know about the weather. But put up verse 3 for me. Because look at this. But you cannot discern the sign of the times. You can't just, he says, listen. Now, now, now get this. It's easy to ask God for things. Oh, And I feel this very strong. Some of us need to get this. It's easy to ask God for things, but if you're not willing, and if you're not going to follow through, why would he do it? That's when you look at, that's basically what the Lord is telling them. Why are you asking me for a heavenly sign when I'm telling you you don't even know what's around you? Salvation has come to the people of Israel and you, the religious, don't even know it. 
Listen, God's trying to deliver some folks here. Amen. We need to stay out of their business and let God show them and let God deal with them because he knows how. We can use our natural abilities and talents, amen, and point things out. But God says, listen, I know what I'm doing, and I'm there in your life, young person. I'm there in your life, elder. Don't let that health problem, don't let your finances, don't let your situation get to you. Those are natural things that happen. I mean, hello, as good as this body is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to deteriorate. Somehow it's going to go bad. Brother Bernie, it's good. It's good. It's, you know, don't walk by sight. No, man, listen, look, and, and the Lord goes to the weather. Now, when you think about it, it's here now. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, it's here. The signs are all around us. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. I told you to help me, Lord. Stop looking for signs. <clears throat> stop, stop looking. Let me say it the right way. Stop looking for reasons. That's all they were after, reasons to try to tip God and try to trip him up. And they always tag-teamed on him. It's here. Signs, things are happening. We, you know, we're scratching our hands and man, I don't know what in the world is going on with our United States. I don't know what's going on with it. I'll tell you what's going on. We're living in the last days. Our Bible, we've been preaching it. We've been excited about what we was preaching before, but now we're living it. Now it's in our backyard. How are we going to deal with it? Or are we going to be like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and team up to desire a sign only to trap Jesus, only to kind of put him on the spot? Because they always, always had an alternative. Alternative motive. Before they'd asked the question, they already had a motive on how they could, what was behind, or what they would ask, or what they would expect from the Lord. They wanted to see a sign from heaven. Why? To validate Jesus' claim to be the Messiah. That's all. That's all it was about. Let me... Let me let me focus on something. And I, I don't want to speak to the church. I want to speak to Holy Ghost filled people that really believe. Because when we say we believe and we've received the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth, is that what it is? Is it not the spirit of truth? Is not the Holy Ghost the comforter? Hello? Why aren't we comforted? I'll tell you why we're comforted. Because we got things in our eyesight and we got things and we got things in our ears every day. All the time. All the time messing with us. Everything that we see, it looks like it's falling apart. It's a mess. We, we think, man, and if we're not careful, we're going to think, man, God's not in control. We're going to think awful things and we're going to let our minds wander. And think that we're here all by ourselves, all alone in this cave. Sound familiar? Yeah. Don't get like that. Listen. 
If I, if I, Sister Laura, plug your ears. If I drop dead tomorrow, the church will go on. It will. It will. God will take care of it. This ain't my church. This ain't my gig. This ain't my thing. This is just what I do. This is my calling. Come on. I don't care who you are. You drop dead tomorrow, it's going to go on. Why are you stressing? Come on. We're talking about wanting to see Jesus. We're talking about the streets of gold, the gates of pearls, never being in pain or having any sorrow, but we don't want to get there. I'm talking to us old folks now. I mean, in reality, we, we want all that, but then we stiff arm it. <laughs> it's not, I don't want to go yet till my time. You're not going to anyway. We're not God. Hello. Brother Perry told me this a long time ago. Brother Perry, we were sitting around kicking around. He said, Brother Perry, don't, don't we wish we could control the spirit of the Lord in the church like, like we think we can? You can't. We don't make the Holy Ghost get poured out. God decides that. And the, and the, and the person wanted it. It's a gift. He, because we was really talking about, you know, when you're in revival, sometimes preachers will say, hey, man, if it's the Lord's will, we're going to go on revival if somebody gets the Holy Ghost tonight. <laughs> you ain't going to put God on the spot. If revival's meant to go on, guess what? It'll go on. You don't have to, uh, the Holy Ghost is a gift. It is. And if we're not careful, we're going to put a limit on God. He may not want the revival to go on, but he, he may want to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Think about it. And, I mean, we, we, we both said, well, even if you went on, so what? But the idea, we don't have that kind of control or power that we think we do. We, we, think, we think that because we say, we think because we say things to the Lord, oh, look out, buddy. Me and the Lord, we're close. Well, if you're so close, start praying for healing. Because there's a, there's a whole mess. Of, there's a whole, come on, start, start praying for deliverance because there's a whole bunch of people that need it. We, listen, we make ourselves hypocrites. We make ourselves Pharisees and Sadducees if we're not careful by the way we address the Lord. They come to him, amen, they come to him, always had a motive behind what they were asking or what they were expecting. Don't ever treat God that way. Come to God right. Come to God with your heart. Be sincere. Lord, I'm not smoking my chest saying I'm better than somebody. I'm smoking my chest saying, Lord, have mercy on me. That's it. I don't care how much money it wealth, it don't mean nothing. That's what the Lord said. Sell all you had. Oh man. I mean, you could ask me anything, but that was a tough one. Because <laughs> he had a lot, did he not? The the man the Lord just spoke to. Look at this. They wanted to see a sign from heaven so they can validate. Jesus' claim. And they did this often. And see, the problem is this. Jesus came, now look at me, Jesus came teaching about a spiritual kingdom. All was on their mind uh, was a physical kingdom, a earthly kingdom. 
the Jews was expecting. They were. They were expecting an earthly Messiah, an earthly kingdom. That's what they were looking for. And so they asked, and, 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 and he, came to, he, came, he came speaking spiritually to somebody, amen, that was just earthly, thinking earthly. If you want to keep a wedge between you and God, stay carnal. Stay earthly. Only, only go by the sight. Only go by the hearing. Only go by the senses, and you'll find yourself outside the spiritual realm because it's natural. Well, look at me. One thing I can say about the Holy Ghost, not everybody has it. Everybody got some senses. I didn't say everybody had sense. Everybody got senses. Smell, taste, touch, feel. You know, even if there's a few limited but the Holy Ghost is something that you and I had to accept and believe. We had to desire it. We had to believe that there was a Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That should be the question any Christian should ask anybody they come in contact that is a servant of the Lord. A disciple, if you will. Because that's what the Apostle Paul, that's the pattern he said. First thing, it wasn't, listen, hey, watch your background, watch your wealth. Uh, how many years you been in this? It don't, it, it don't matter. They've been in it, matter of fact, almost 19 or 20 years, I believe, on the other side of the cross before they come across the Apostle Paul. It messed him up. How are you baptized? Well, John's baptism. Oh, man, you, you go back a ways. You see, none of that matters. What matters is, is discerning and knowing, listen, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God. You need to be baptized. That's what salvation is. They didn't have that understanding. They didn't know about salvation. I mean, even though the Lord and even though the disciples were just, I mean, things were happening. Back in the day, then, they were drunk. They were just full of new wine. He was just acting up. Today, people all, watch, careful, jibber-jabber, mumbo-jumbo, get excited, hallucinate. All these, all these ways of trying to explain the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's still here. Somebody say, it is. It's still here. Doubt's always going to be around. Uh, even after the church is raptured. It, the catching away. Guess what? I believe doubt's still gonna, still gonna affect people. Not gonna believe it. But look what he did. Jesus came teaching something spiritual, and they were looking for something natural. Look at verse four. It was Jesus. Put the. It was Jesus that said these words. Let a preacher say it today, and he and he's a bad one. I, don't, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even want to read the scripture out loud because it'll offend somebody. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Jesus said that. He said, you people, amen, that seek a sign. He said, guess what? You don't even know what, you can't discern what's around you. All you know what's natural. He said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh a sign. And he said, but I want you to know, there's going to be no sign given. Why? Because it's already here. 
It's not needed for the question. He knows why you're asking the question. But the sign, look what he said. But the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then he left them and departed. How many preachers today get by telling people, you're wicked? You're an adulteress. means you're following another God. You're, you're having an affair. Come on. Think that, that's, I mean, that's what he's telling them. You're having an affair with yourself. You're having an affair with your environment. You're having an affair with, with your title. You Pharisee and Sadducee. He said, listen, I want you to know something. A wicked, he said, that's the one, because they don't know how to discern What's around them? Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen, God wants us to understand. Don't worry about all trying to take in all this in stuff. Read your Bible. Study your word. You'll find out. God will speak to you. God will show you. You should be doing that anyway. You should not just be always listening to what somebody else says. Because I have found out. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I have found out because some of the things that I was taught growing up, some of the things that, you know, I heard all my life, and when I started searching things out, man, I couldn't find some of that stuff that way. And I started saying, Lord, okay, now I don't want the blood of people on my hands. I've got to know how to do this and how to do that because I knew when, when growing up there was two or three different ways to take communion. And then you got people that's just so, I mean, just so out there, well, that's a heaven or hell issue. No, could be ignorance. Not everything's heaven or hell. Sometimes we do things because we just don't know. And I say that even Halloween. I don't say that to be mean because some people, I celebrated Halloween big time until I learned. That's why we've got to do our job to teach and know the word of God, know the signs of the times. That's what it was, the signs of the times, where they was at. Notice this. Because he says, he says, he says, I'm talking about something spiritual. You're talking about something there. He said, it was Jesus that said, a wicked and adulterous generation. You know, I believe this. And I believe, and when I was putting this together this evening and writing it, I just felt like Jesus was saddened. He was, I think he was saddened at times by constantly being gnawed on, for lack of better words. You know, you can speak to somebody or speak at somebody. Speaking at people is different. It, I mean, it's a, it's a whole different world than, than speaking to Jesus, Jesus spoke to them very specifically, and he let them know. Because I, I believe he was saddened by their constant, constant demands for a sign from heaven. In fact, I looked at three times, three different times, the scripture, the, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees uh, bear out that they asked Jesus for a sign. Three different times uh, about signs of the you know, and, 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 and try to validate who he was. How many, how many find yourself struggling 
with always trying to please people. It's a, it's a constant thing, especially today, because people are demanding. Hello, we are. We're demanding. Go through a drive through Pay $35 for a, a meal and get home and some of it ain't there. That's not just stressful. That's, I mean, we want what we want. Of course we do. We want what we pay for. First time they asked, he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, and he gave them the future sign of what? <laughs> Tear this temple down. Put up St. John chapter 2. Tear this temple down three days or raise it up. What? You see, he's speaking spiritual. They're understanding natural. You can't be spiritual when you're natural. That's why it's a, con- a consistent thing, a consistent thing with, the, with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Look at, look at it. He answered the Jews and said unto them, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? They've they seen it. They witnessed what he's doing. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Then said the Jews, 46 years was this temple in building. And will you repair it up in three days? Well, Zach, I don't know who you think you are, buddy, but it took 46 years to get that thing put together. You're going to do it in three days? You see, natural versus spiritual. We come to church. What are we looking for? Natural or spiritual? Does it matter to you about the pews? Does it matter to you so much about the heat and the cooling? Are we always thinking about our natural bodies and how comfortable we are? Hello? My God, if we stripped all this out, put cement floors down, cut the heat, put up some lights that was more dim than these, well, my God. Here's today. Where's my money going? You give your money to God, but now it's your money. Where's my money going? I'm going to say this. If you care more about your money than you do your spiritual life, hit the door. Because you can't trust the man of God with your soul. You don't trust him with your billfold. You You better believe it. You heard it from the preacher. We've got to, we've got to discern what's happening. He told them, said, listen, tear this temple down three days, I'll raise it up. And they immediately went, well, my Lord, you can't do something like that. The second time, Matthew chapter 12, let's just read verse 41 and 42 real quick. Look at this. Because Jesus gave two signs here. But notice what he says. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Whew. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Wow. They give you 42. Look at it. 
The queen of the south, somebody say Sheba, the queen of the south riseth up in, the, in what? In judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from what? The uttermost part of the earth. She came from almost 1,500 miles away on camel's back, amen, on mule's back, amen, to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And he says, you know what? Y'all know about that. He said, but look at here. A greater than Solomon is here. You don't know that, but you know that. Again, you see the physical, you see the natural, but you don't see the spiritual. It's amazing. That's Jesus talking. It's not, it's not one of the disciples. That's Jesus handling and dealing with it. The, the second day, he let them know. He let them know. He gave them two signs, one of Jonah and one, of, of course, of the Queen of the South. How They was condemned. Why? Because she traveled all the way to see the wisdom of Solomon. And you don't even know a wiser a wiser's here. Didn't discern it. Put up our Matthew 16 verse, the first verse, first one. Because the, the third time we get here, just after the miracle of feeding the 4,000, Jesus points out their stubbornness and their refusal to believe and their case of the weather prediction. That's, that's what the Lord uses. Okay, you're going to need something natural? I'm going to use the weather. You can understand that because you see that and you know what the day is going to be tomorrow. You discern that. He said, but I want you to see something. It's not about that. It's about Jonah. Why did the Lord say that? Why did the Lord use Jonah? Why? Because it's about repentance. Is it not? What happened in Jonah's day? Now watch me, watch me, because I'm going to have fun with this. Some of you are going to like this. I'm Jonah. Jonah was a hateful preacher. He was an angry guy. He was. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do what God said. Think about it. Sometimes we don't want to do what God wants us to do. But the reason why Jesus used Jonah, why? Because Jonah, when he gave and he came and he preached to them, the whole city, the whole city repented. He's talking, I'm not talking about 4,500. What happened? Look it up. That, in that time, I mean, it says that there's almost 600,000 people affected. Most scholars will tell you that's the greatest revival that was ever poured out in the Scripture. Look it up. People turned to repented. Oh, my God. I wish we'd get people to the altar now. I don't need to go to Auburn. I don't need to go to Auburn. I'm all right. No, we're not. I have to repent every time I walk in these doors. I do. I have to ask God to forgive me every day. More than once. I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm not saying that to, you know, be cute. I'm saying, we do. I hope you are. He says, listen. Because he uses Jonah. And, he, and, and, and Jonah's angry preaching caused the men of Nineveh to repent. And it produced, it produced one of the greatest revivals, a time of turning around. The, uh, if, 
If I remember, even the scripture says, even the animals, they didn't feed the animals. Listen. That means, that means, look at me, that means people were serious. That means they got serious. We're going we're to get God's attention. Because the word of the Lord came forth. Well, it's just Jonah. You know how he's just an angry, you know, he's just mad. He was in that, be- you know, that fish's belly for three days and got vomited out. Look at him. I don't know if I believe anything he has to say. You need to be rebuked. They got rebuked. Jonah got re- Jonah. They got rebuked, rebuked, and Jonah got regurgitated. No, I mean, you know, we, we can see these things and we can, you know, make light of and think, wow, but it was a serious time. Bad things were about to happen. And 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 the and 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 the Lord sent somebody to let them know. Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. Stand with me. I think I'm just going to do a simple message. Oh, I ain't preaching Sunday. I'm just going to use a simple message. Jonah began to enter into the city, a day's journey. And he cried and said, look at his message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's a simple message. But it was effective. Why was it effective? Why was it effective? Because they believed it. Come on. You're not going to do anything that you don't believe. If you believe it. Guess what? You're going, it's going to affect you. And I'm not talking about families. I'm not talking about cliques. I'm talking about 600,000 plus, maybe more, amen, was affected by him crying out and saying, repent. Just a simple message. He didn't get out to Greek and Hebrew. and he, didn't. he said, listen, yet in 40 days, this is what's going to happen. Believe it or not. And they believed it. And they repented. You know what the sign is? You know what the sign is today to the whole world? Jesus Christ. He's a, you, know, you know what the sign is? Because everybody talks about the cross. The sign, the sign is resurrection. I don't know if you've ever tied it together. What was, what was Jonas' message that, that created one of the greatest revivals yet in 40 days? When Jesus rose from the grave, how long did he spend with his disciples proving that he had resurrected? Forty days he was seen. Coincidence? I don't know. God knows what he's doing. Forty days to prove repentance is available if, come on, if you believe. Salvation is here. If you believe, that's why Jesus was very straightforward and frank with them and let them know the sign to the whole world is that Jesus Christ is and was, amen, his resurrection, amen, from the grave. Let's lay our hand on our heart tonight. Jesus, I I believe. Come on, I I believe, Lord. I believe, Jesus. Sometimes I, sometimes I wrestle. Sometimes I, Lord, it's hard. Sometimes I'm 